Welcome to episode 210 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rayhold, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, I am, of course, here in Magenta Manor. I am in the Pat Cave, deep within the bowel structure of uh, Magenta Manor. I like to say that because it gets uh, gives ashes a weird face when I say bowels. At least it's not raining anymore, so we're not deep in the moist bowels. Okay, of- you need to stop. <laughs> You're going to have to find yourself another co-host in a minute. You mean someone else that I'm going to have to give wine to? Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, we are here, obviously, because we are part of the Dorkening Network, and that means we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, you don't go back. And as you heard, I am here with my co-host in life and my co-host on the show. She is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. She's Ashes of On Nightmare. <laughs> What? Welcome to my nightmare. Yeah, have at it, Hoss. I will. Apparently, I learned earlier this evening that the phrase, have at it, Hoss, is not appropriate when letting your wife know that the bathroom is available. (laughs) I believe your response was, if you ever want your schnoodle doodled, you will never, ever say that to me again. That is correct. We're grown-ups. Yes, we are. <laughs> so today, we are discussing uh, the great character Sam Jones from Flash Gordon. Uh, wait, no. That's that's what I have in my notes. What did you have? Uh, something a little different. Slightly different. No, we are actually... Samantha. Samantha. Jones. That's what Sam is short for. That's not the same guy. Different guy. Oh, okay. No, we are obviously Wait, discussing... Wait, Flash Gordon, though, that's the... Is he the one with the gold lame shorts? Um, or am I thinking of somebody else? Flash Gordon was, you know, the the Queen song, you know, Flash! Ah! I'm, I'm familiar, but I don't I'm remember just, if he had gold lame shorts. I'm focusing slightly on the ensemble. What was he wearing? Uh, a red tank top, from what I remember, and, like, black pants. Oh, that's not as fabulous as I thought it was. No. And I guess oh. he was a former Jets quarterback in the show, in the, the, the show's Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm yahoogling it right now. Yeah, yahoogle it. But uh, we are going to be discussing uh, Samantha Jones from Flash. Sex and the Flash. City, or as uh, Gordon, as uh, the Simpsons referred to it, uh, Nookie in New York. And, and we are uh, we're discussing because Ashes and I talked about this over the weekend because this is a show she's been watching uh, for the past couple of weeks, like pretty regularly, and it's a show well, she watches a hundred. You've seen say, it a hundred times, but this it, is what's been on in the house while I've you've been, been revisiting. Yeah. From start to finish. Sometimes I'll just pop in a specific season or I'll watch the movies. Or We have all the discs. We have it on. Uh, we have HBO. So you can watch it anytime but you I, want. Any, I frequently will watch it from start to finish. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And Again, for like that's the 150th time. That's what gave me the idea. I was like, oh, let's let's watch. Um, okay. So I'm seeing um, there is a red tank top in one of these pictures. Yeah. I remember the red tank with the lightning bolt on it. It was never a show that I watched. I just knew the bad guy oh, was Ming the Merciless. Oh, who's this guy in this fabulous jacket? Uh, Johnny Jacket. 
face. He's wearing a shirt that says Flash on it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Joey Junior Joey Jojo Jr. Jackadoo. Jackadoo, yeah. I think that's who is wearing the jacket. But yeah, we're discussing Samantha Jones, played by uh, the incomparable Kim Cattrall. Uh, from Sex in the City, which ran from what, 1990? 1998 to 2004. Yes. Yet somehow they, uh, do they, yeah, they had six seasons and two movies, right? Correct. Yeah. And I've, I've watched most of this. She's like, you have to rewatch this with me. It's like, I've seen this enough. There was a time a few years ago where I randomly was like walking through the apartment and just started whistling the theme for no reason because it was stuck in my head. And she started laughing at me. And, like, I can identify episodes. Like, oh, isn't this the one where all the girls do the sex at the the people? And she's like, yeah, that's that one. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. But, no, I can I or can I not identify most episodes that you were watching? No, you were correct. Yes. I remember this one time I was watching it, and you came in, and this part hadn't even happened yet. But you're like, oh, isn't isn't this the one where like Charlotte does this and then Harry, her husband, does this and then they do this and then that happens? Yeah. And you were correct. Yeah, I remember it. I I remember watching you know, the the show with the things and the stuff that happens and the people say stuff. Sorry, the uh, cord for my laptop was stuck on a Build a Bear box. I'm trying to plug in my laptop so the battery doesn't die. I mean, it's at eighty-seven percent, but I'm—I try to be. Cautious. This is riveting podcasting, right it now. It is riveting. I, I'm riveted, uh, and to riveted prepare for, for the her show. Pleasure. Yes, riveted for her pleasure. That's a great thing that uh, Samantha would want. Um, I uh, and Ashes and myself, all three of us, we uh, we had a couple of um, cosmopolitans uh, that we're going to discuss a little later on. I assume. Yes. Um, prior to the show, to kind of get into that headspace, because the girls are always drinking cosmopolitans well, on the show. Always, but they are—they're pretty. Uh, when they're not doing synonymous with with when cosmos. they're not doing the sex or having brunch, they are drinking or buying shoes. They are drinking cosmos. It's one there's of a, those four things. There, there's a little more substance there, but I, 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 or, I, I see what you are saying. Or pooping their pants in Mexico. That one time. <laughs> Poughkeepsie'd in her pants. <laughs> that's a that's. I wouldn't say it, it's a deep cut, but like if you don't know what I'm talking about, like there are some people that are listening to this going, he knows his shit, and other people are like. That doesn't. That's not even a thing. Poughkeepsie is a town. So, but we have a getting into character question prior to our discussion, as we always do, and uh, the getting into character question this week is: if you could uh, have a group, yourself included, of four people that you hung out and you went to brunch and and swapped various uh, lurid details. And um, we'd go out to clubs and hang out with. Who would those four people be? And these are these are characters, of course. They're not. I mean, they, I guess they could be historical figures. If you if you wanted to play that way, sure. So, do you have a list, or do you want me to go first? I do have a list. So, do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Well, you go first. So, my list is pretty fun. 
Uh, it should come as no surprise. So if I were to have a group of friends, because we all know all good things come in fours. So myself included, three other friends that I would go to lunch with or out to dancing with or out to dinner or, you know, just have back at my place to eat biscotti and watch a gay porn. Uh, I would obviously have to choose Samantha Jones because she would be a blast. And we're going to talk about that, you know, momentarily. Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls. So the same person twice. They're two different people. But how fun would it be to go out and party with Rue McClanahan? Well, I would, I would imagine she'd be like, "Child, you're just gonna be, lo- you know, sitting here like you're just looking into the future." Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how Rue McClanahan. That is absolutely <laughs> not how Rue McClanahan. That's the sounds. worst Rue McClanahan. That is the worst Blanche Devereaux <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. And my third would obviously have to be RuPaul, but preferably RuPaul back from the '90s, like '90s drag RuPaul. You know, kind of like still kind of. Living out her club kid years, RuPaul. Okay. Like, how fun would that be? Like, that would be a great group of gals to gab with and drink with and watch gay porn with. All right. So, I probably would skip the gay porn unless you could guarantee me that, like, when one of the dudes whipped his dick out, it had googly eyes on it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean... That would be some funny you shit. You never know. That would be some funny shit. And if you didn't laugh conjuring that image, um, I don't know if we can be friends. Just think about that. You're watching a porn and things are getting it things are getting uh uh interesting. All of a sudden the dude whips his dick out and there's googly eyes on it. And like he starts doing a voice and it's wearing like a little hat. This is why you don't <laughs> drink. This is why you're not allowed to drink. Two Cosmos, and he's done. <laughs> Two Cosmos, and I'm thinking about googly-eyed dicks with hats. But that's some funny shit. Would it look like Wormy from Sesame Street? Uh, I don't know about the stripes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's striped, you might need to call a doctor. Yes, consult a doctor if your stripes last for more than four hours. Uh it would be impressive if they had, like, a puppeteer controlling it. Just give us your fucking list. Oh, my God. Frank Oz does the voice. <laughs> you want Frank Oz doing the voice of your cock. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying in general. like, you know, Or Kevin Clash, who did the voice of Splinter. It would have to have a French accent. Little beret. Maybe dress it up. Put a little tie on him. Would it have it's, conversations about fromage? It's a. Oh, I hope not. A for, it's a formal business meeting. Give him a little tie. Okay, who is on <laughs> your list? Who are your three friends, characters, what have you, that you would like to hang out with? If I am going out drinking. You're not allowed to go out drinking because this happens. I mean, I wouldn't need to drive because of the company that I'd be keeping. But if I'm going to go out drinking, you know, maybe hanging out at a club, you know, maybe going to a casino or something, I am taking with me uh, Quint. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. I am taking uh, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles, and there's a specific reason I'm choosing him. 
And why is that? Because uh, if the Sex and the City ladies were uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, Samantha Jones would absolutely be Raphael. Is this uh, a theory you're going to touch on later? I think so. Okay. And uh, the final one, because, you know, Raphael's got a hot temper, Quint's got a temper, you know, everybody's, you know, probably going to... Uh, end up causing some trouble and I'll, I'll start talking about googly eyed dicks with French accents um, the final person I would want in our crew is uh, John Constantine that way like if we get to into, clean up your mess yeah if we get into any type of trouble like plus like Constantine would probably be like a fucking awesome dude to hang out with and uh, there will be a Constantine uh, episode in the future because do you know who John Constantine dated Zatanna Zatara? Well, there's Zatanna, but you know who else he dated? Um, somebody I should know? You're pointing at something. I'm pointing you at something. You guys can't see it, but he's pointing I am at pointing something. at something. Uh, he's, okay, so he's... He, King Shark? King Shark. Really? <laughs> it's in the uh, Justice League Dark uh, Apocalypse movie. Really? He's talking to Harley Quinn. He's like, oh... No, he was talking to somebody. He's like, oh, yeah, there's my ex. And someone's like, oh, Harley. He's like, what? No, I'm not crazy. And like King Shark kind of like winks at him like, you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, I was going to put Homer Simpson on. But uh, I don't know if uh, you are Homer Simpson. Yeah, kind of. I work in a nuclear a nuclear power plant. You say nuclear nuclear. It's pronounced Nuclear. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the group I would want to hang out with. Now, who would you want in your uh, your group? So you get to pick three people that you would want to go drinking with, go out to clubs, hang out. You know, maybe go to a casino. You know, guys' night, girls' night. You know, whatever. You know, mix it up. You know, you know, have a a, a diverse crowd in there. But uh, I mean, right now, I. I Honestly, if I could pick anybody, it would pick some of our friends that we haven't seen in forever. This is true. I would love to go out drinking with, like, you know, or just hang out in general with, like, powerful Brandon and the tiny German and old man Wade and young lady Maria. Like, that'd be a great fucking night, to be honest with you. Or, like, hit up some of our con friends we haven't Uh, seen in forever. You guys know who you are. <clears throat> all our uh, and we we were you know I I posted well when you hear this I posted yesterday the video from uh, Scarecon when we won our award mm-hmm. and you know a lot of those people that were in that room we had only met that day and we had never met before yeah that weekend folks like uh, Stephen from Super Retro Leo uh, Kevin Phil and Mike from Dark Discussions, Anthony T, our good buddy. That was the first time we met Anthony T was that night. Uh, a lot of really awesome people. And, you know, no cons kind of makes me sad. I w- and I would love to uh, to see those folks again. So, you know, that's what I'd like to do. Because the conventions are fun, but the after parties are even funner. Funnerer. Funner. So anyways, with that being said, we want to hear your lists, and we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are talking Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. 
Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let me tell you about his cock. Will be quiet? People at the next table have a child. Well, that's their choice. If I had a son, I'd teach him all about the vagina. If you had a son, we'd call social services. I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. And she's never coming back. How many sexual partners have you had? I'm counting. Um, this year? How would you like to make love to this every night? Is it kosher? <laughs> Ma'am, can you undo your cuffs so we can use ours? Surely. All the good ones are getting arrested. This man said he loved me, and I caught him eating another woman's pussy. Carry on, ma'am. I need something that will make a guy come in his pants as soon as he sees me. Got it. Maria? My, my Maria from the gallery? Well, she's my Maria now. We're having a relationship. Yes, ladies? I'm a lesbian. Wait a second. You're in a relationship? And we are back. So today we are talking about Samantha Jones from the hit iconic TV series Sex and the City, the multi-award winning Sex and the City. And Samantha Jones was portrayed by the multi-award winning, I believe she received a couple of SAG awards and a couple of Golden Globes for her portrayal of Samantha Jones. She uh did they did not win a single uh a single Grammy though. Not well, one. Well, no, no. So there's no, there's no egots in their future. But uh, before we delve into Samantha Jones, who she is and what she does. She won one Golden Globe and she was nominated 25 times. Um, talk about Sex and the City as a series first and how groundbreaking it was. It's my all-time favorite TV show. I can watch it on 
repeat. I never get tired of it. I think these four ladies are fantastic. They are flawed and they are perfect because of that. This show wasn't afraid to show women being actual women, talking about real lady issues, you know, like menopause and periods and abortions and relationships and love and babies, wanting to have babies, not wanting to have babies, wanting to be in relationships, not wanting to be in relationships, wanting to get married, not wanting to get married. I mean, it really covered this whole spectrum of 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 all of these, you know, female issues that weren't really portrayed on television, you know, and and not really talked about in conversation. It was kind of still taboo. And these four women, you know, dared to talk about those subjects. And what was really cool is Michael Patrick King insisted on having single women in the writing room with him. So, you know, he would be surrounded by women telling their own stories and, you know, putting pen to paper, creating the the stories and the episodes that, you know, have become so iconic with these four women. Yeah, and the and the, the whole thing was kind of based off of, uh, in a loose way from what I understand, because I, I haven't read the book, but uh, The Carrie Diaries by Candace Bushnell. Uh, yeah, so it was... Um, very, very, very loosely. At based. least her so, character. So her, yeah, her character because her character is pretty much her. You know, Carrie Bradshaw is is slightly neurotic. You know, uh, frequently writes about sex. That's her job. You know, kind of an open book to an extent. You know, you know people, and here's the thing: you know someone like these four women, either to a T or a combination. Like, that was a big thing. You know, I, I watched a lot of Sex and the City uh, in college. That's when I started watching this this series. And, you know, we would all talk about who we were. You know, actually, it, it was funny. There was there was four of us sitting at the you were Samantha. cafeteria. I, I was the Samantha. I mean, I grew up to be more of like a, a Samantha-Miranda hybrid with a little bit of Carrie in there. But my Carrie is pretty much my love of shoes. Yeah, definitely not... Uh Kristen Davis there, Charlotte York. No, I, I really don't have an ounce of Charlotte York in me. But but yeah, I think I've kind of grown to be more of a, a Samantha Miranda hybrid. But in college I was absolutely a Samantha. So I'm gonna I'm gonna blow away the audience right now. I don't have any reference material in front of me, do we do I? You do not. I have no reference material. So it's Carrie Bradshaw, mm-hmm. Miranda Hobbs, yes, Samantha Jones, yes, and Charlotte York. Correct. Charlotte York is played by Kristen Davis. Miranda Hobbs is played by, oh my God, uh, she just ran for, uh, she just ran for uh, Congress in New York. I'll get back to her because she was also in an episode of House. She was also in an episode of ER. She had a, she had like Munchausen by proxy or something. And in the episode of ER, she had a stroke and it was all from the stroke patient's point of view. She, uh, let's see, obviously Kim Cattrall is... Um, Samantha Jones. Samantha. And so, Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the dog, Sarah Jessica Barker, who played uh, Carrie. And Cynthia Nixon. Correct. Cynthia Nixon played Miranda Hobbs. Yes. And I have a little Hobbs tiger that you bought me. And then we got Hobbs' uh, girlfriend. And she's a little pink leopard. 
and her name is Miranda. Yep. Because it's Miranda and Hobbs. Mm-hmm. And because you were like, what's her name? And I'm like, Miranda. Miranda Hobbs. Like, that's that's got to be what it is. Yep. So I'm not just flying blind here. I know my I know my shit. James Ramar, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, there have been some iconic fellows playing the love interests of these Jason ladies. Jason Bateman. Oh, I can never think of his name. Carrie's boyfriend that couldn't ride the motorcycle. Oh, um, oh shit! It, well, it's Burger Livingston. But, yeah, John. Liv- not John. It's Jason Justin. Oh, now I'm gonna have to look. That I know up. Justin Thoreau. The Prime Minister of Canada was no, that's, that's Trudeau. <laughs> Uh, he was he was also in Ron uh, Livingston. Ron Livingston. Ron yes. Ron Livingston. Because I recognized him from Nightmares and Dreamscapes. There was a specific episode that he was in with Henry Thomas from ET. Uh, not to I forget the guy who plays Aiden, but he's in a bunch of stuff. John Corbett. John Corbett. That's right. And of course, Chris Noth, who I knew from uh, um, Law and Order because he was uh, Lenny's partner. And uh, yeah, he was he was good. I, I liked it was it, it's a very interesting dynamic. Like for people who didn't watch it, because I didn't watch it, so I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch you know, you know, four random chicks just yapping about their periods. But like, it's more than that. It is, but I didn't know that when I was like 17, 18, Well, 19, I mean, but 20. that's what you would expect. As I a, also didn't have HBO. Well, I, who did? Um, I mean, if you did, lucky you. Fancy millionaires. <laughs> I caught Sex in the City uh, when they were doing the reruns. I believe it was on... TBS. Uh, the CW? WB? Well, TBS was playing it those, when we were together. I don't know. One of those cable channels showing reruns. Um, and then one of my roommates in college actually had the entire like box set of the series. This was before the films came out. Uh, so, you know, it was just constantly on. Um, but yeah, this, this show was, was so groundbreaking and willing to show women, you know, in both a really fabulous light and also in a not so fabulous light, you know, it showed them being women. It showed their wrinkles. It showed, you know, them without makeup in some episodes. You know, you have episodes where they go from day to night to home and they show, you know, their pajamas aren't fabulous. They're in, you know, stained T-shirts and sweatpants, the same stuff that we wear to bed. You know, it, it just just your average everyday, wonderful, amazing New York women. With the exception of one thing. I will say there's one exception to that because they all have I don't I don't recall seeing Miranda but they all have phenomenal abs. Every all all three Carrie was always walking around with like the half shirt on ripped abs. Kristen Davis same thing ripped abs. Uh Kim Cattrall ripped abs like just Well Miranda I mean you know Cynthia Nixon was different but one of the things i loved about her character was the fact that they showed every aspect of not every aspect but most of the aspects of childbirth you know she got pregnant she debated having an abortion because it just wasn't where exactly she she was at at that time you know and that's another thing too it got this whole you know abortion discussion going you know and it's something that you know a lot of women out there have had it 
And it's important to keep access to safe and healthy abortions. But that's a that's a topic for another day. Um, but it shows her, you know, going through uh, the whole like you know. I'm trying to gestational period. That's the whole what it's de- called. Well, and the whole decision process, like you know, she talks to Steve, who is the father of the baby, who she doesn't want to be with, and then she does, and she does, and she does, and she doesn't. There's a lot of off and on relationships throughout this. But show. I mean, the whole reason why I mean, we're not. We're but not like the great line, Miranda, where, but... I know we will at some point. Each one of these ladies is going to get their own show. But like the the one one thing that this show did that I thought was always interesting, like you know, instead of being from a man's point of view, like you know. They covered all of the topics that you know people would talk about, you know, like Steve saying, like, don't I have a say in this? And she's like, no, you're not carrying this baby. Like, yeah, you know, they talk about bodily autonomy. They talk about, you know, different female is- issues aside from periods. You know, um, Miranda has a lazy ovary, you know, which is why she ultimate one of the reasons why she ultimately decides to keep the baby. Yeah, because she you didn't know, know she, she could she, get pregnant in the future. Right, you know, and she went through the whole process of freezing or, or you know, debating freezing her eggs and going through the hormone shots that you have to take in order to lead, you know, that lead up to that that process. You know, Charlotte goes through, infer- you know, fertility treatment. Years of infertility. You know, and... Um, with without success and then they turn to adoption you know like there are so many issues that are are you know uh samantha has an aids scare she mm-hmm. goes for an hiv test and you know she she's come back she comes back clean but you know she has a moment where she's just like oh my goodness you know what if this what if this is 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 real like what if what if the test comes what back if my positive? wild hedonistic lifestyle has caught up with me right you know not only that they go into women, you know, living, working, attempting to thrive in a male-dominated society. You know, talk about how they're belittled as women, how they have been passed up for opportunities because they're women. How, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right words here. Uh, it also affects some of their relationships because some of the... Uh well, the, the the power dynamic is off because every one of them is a powerful woman in their yeah with in the her exception own right. of uh, Charlotte who opts. But to I mean, like she's a, she's more docile. She's more you know. She's passive and she just wants to be a mom and she wants. to But be even a wife. then, you know, with her whole relationship with Trey McDougal, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Yes, um, you know she eventually and ultimately asserts her dominance against him and makes the decision. She chooses the fact that she wants to have a baby and have a family over him who right. chooses, you know what? I don't think I want to be a parent. I'm, I'm happy with it just being the two of us. And she's like, well, I've wanted a ba- I wanted a family. I've wanted a baby you ever knew since about I was this. young. Yeah. Like you, you know this, you know, this was my ultimate goal and now you're denying me this. And then, you know, it's, uh, they come to the, amicable i mean r- tough but amicable decision to to, to divorce but 
you know, it's it's these are all conversations that women have every day. Well, the, you know, the, breast cancer, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a little bit because our our character up for discussion today, Samantha Jones, you know, finds out she has breast cancer. In the last film, she's going through menopause and talks about how she's dealing with it. And you know, these are all conversations that women have on a daily basis. And what sucks is that a lot of men out there don't want to hear it. But this is what it's like to be a woman. You know, our bodies are different. I don't mean to give you a whole like middle school health class session right now, but like you might to start you know. might start to notice hair down there. <laughs> but it's important to have these discussions. It's important to, you know, especially if you are a female in a partnership with a male, you know, to have conversations about this is what's going on with my body right now. This is what's happening. And it's important for men to li- acknowledge it and listen, you know, and not try to govern it. Well, that's what, like what I was saying about the, the, the power thing, you know, earlier where, you know, they have these relationships where, you know, it has to be different for a woman. Like Miranda is, you know, a high-ranking lawyer in a well-known law firm. Like, she has power. She has, you know, a law degree. Like and she, she lo- well, you know, she loses her relationship to Steve because of it, because he feels right. emasculated. Right, and that's, well, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, she's like, well, I can't date him. He's a bartender. And he's like, well, why can't you date me? Because I'm a bartender. And she's like, yeah. You know, like, if it was switched around, like, a guy would be like, yeah, I'm a high-powered lawyer. I can have anyone I want. Who cares if she's a bartender? Like, it's such a, it's so well, look different. look at the, the episode that she does, the speed dating, and she's telling all of these men, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer at this firm. And they're just like, oh, that's great. So she decides to lie, randomly lie with one of these guys who just happens to be, um, oh, my God. I, I'm going to say Jennifer Grace husband, and you're not going to know who I'm talking about. Agent Coulson. Oh. Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg? Yes. Clark Gregg. That's that's a lot of you, hard you said sounds. Clark, you said Jennifer Grace row. husband, and the first thing I thought of was Patrick Swayze. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, Jennifer Grey is married to Clark Gregg. But anyways, so the more you know. Happy trails on your next bar trivia night. But Anyways, uh, she tells him that she's a stewardess, that she's a flight attendant. And he's like, oh, really? And, you know, at lunch the next day, he's an Avenger. Well, I mean, he is now. (laughs) Um, You know, she's like, I got zero dates being a lawyer. But the second I say I'm a flight attendant, I got a date, you know, because for some reason, apparently that was more intriguing. But. You know, they they go into a lot of topics for discussion. I mean, Sex in the City is more than just four women and their sexual and escapades. boobs flopping every which way. I, well, I, the show it's is It's more not, than that, is what I'm saying. Right. It delves into sexuality in a raw, personal way, especially Samantha, who takes control of her sexuality and is not afraid, like... You know, so many times society wants you to be ashamed and meek. And it's like, ooh, you you can't talk about sex. You're a woman. Like, you know, there's a, a clip that you're going to hear later on in the episode where she's like, I need to return this vibrator. And they're like, we don't sell vibrators. And she's like, yeah, you do. I bought this six months ago. Guy's like, nope, that's a neck massager. She goes, uh, no, this is a vibrator. 
Yeah. So getting into uh, anyways, you know, if you uh, if if you haven't checked out Sex in the City and you want to, I highly strongly recommend it. It's a fantastic show. And you know, well written, no well acted, sh- right? Like it's it's so well done, and like I said, it's it's so much more than just a bunch of women sitting around talking about their sexual ex- escapades. But with that being said, we're getting into our discussion on Samantha Jones. Now, Samantha Jones pretty much talks nonstop about her sexual escapades. Well, I mean. It not, it's not so much she talks about it nonstop. She's just an open book. She's unfiltered. She knows what she likes, and she goes out, and she gets it. Yeah. Yeah, she does. I mean, she is definitely the one that is most, most forthcoming with different, different aspects of her uh, sexual proclivity, talking about, like, you know, plucking her, her gray pubic hairs and she's like, oh no! If you if you do it this way, like they'll bring four of their friends. We're okay. So <laughs> hold the phone on that. We'll get back to that. But but anyways, so before we start talking about her sexual escapades, we're going to talk about who Samantha Jones is oh, as a person. Awesome. She honestly, I think she's the star of the show. She's my favorite character. She, I mean, if you listen to our our top characters of the decade, um, she made. I think she was in my top three or top four. But uh, yeah, I I absolutely adore this character, and I love the fact that Kim Cattrall plays her. I don't think I could see anybody else play this character. And fun fact, she actually turned down the role of Samantha Jones twice before being convinced by Darren Starr, who's the creator, uh, his boyfriend, to give it a try and shoot the pilot episode. Yeah, and that's good because you know, like you're saying, like I can't imagine I can't imagine anybody else else. No, and I'm I'm I've never seen was it Porky's? I've never mannequin. seen mannequin. I've never seen. Wasn't she in one of those like Big Trouble Little China? Yes, Big um, Trouble in Little China. You she know, was good I, I this is actually my first, uh, my first exposure to Kim Cattrall and who she is. So, you know, I definitely need to um, delve into some more of her filmography. But Samantha Jones is a successful PR exec. She is self-made. She started at the bottom. Now she's here. You know, she has her own PR company and she's super successful and she's not ashamed of it. And I think that's fantastic because so often women downplay their successes and she will boast about it. You know, she... um, briefly represented Lucy Liu and unfortunately that went awry due to a Birkin bag but that's a story for another day she's super confident and I think that's why I love her she loves herself there's an episode where it's early on in the first season Uh, I think it's called Land of the Models where it's all about models and women comparing themselves to models. And yes, models are women too, but they're like a, almost like a different breed of, of, of female, you know? And I know a lot of, a lot of women, a lot of girls compare themselves to the models that they see in the magazine, the model that they see, you know, walking down New York fashion week, you know, the runway in Paris or what have you. So, you know, these girls are talking about, well, I should say girls, women. These women are talking about models and, you know, different 
parts about themselves that they wish they could fix. You know, Samantha, I, uh, Carrie wants to fix her nose. You know, um, Charlotte doesn't like her thighs. And Samantha has absolutely nothing she wants to change about herself. She feels that she is as good of, you know, as good as a model, if not better, because she's real. You know, and they go into her diet occasionally. You know, she doesn't do like the fad dieting, but she does, you know, there's a back when like the organic thing was a really big thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s. She did Pilates. She takes really good care of herself. She also isn't afraid to indulge in a little Botox and, um, you know, to, to, to help herself feel the best way she could possibly feel like she wants to be the best possible version of herself and she does whatever she needs to do in order to accomplish that and there's no shame in that you know there's a, an episode where she's thinking about getting a boob job and that ultimately leads to her breast cancer diagnosis and then she realizes you know what I don't want to lose my breasts they're absolutely fabulous just the way they are you know I don't I don't need to have bigger boobs. I don't need to be anybody else that I'm not because I'm perfect just the way that I am. And I always admired her confidence. You know, I mean, I would probably be that confident if I looked like that too. But, you know, she's not as she's not portrayed as like a supermodel. She's not portrayed as like a movie star. She's not portrayed as, as flawless. You know, she, she has flaws. She's not perfect, but in her mind, she's confident enough to own up to everything. I would, uh, I would also describe her as, uh, aside from being insanely confident, uh, because she is like she's just. I mean, she, she knows she she will point at you and say you are coming home with me. And guess what? You are going home with her, whether you know it or not. I mean, I would. She's you know she's insane. Like sixty five, but I still I'd still do it. You know, um, you know, because watching the show, I was always like, oh, I think Kristen Davis is the best looking one. But like the confidence that uh, that Samantha has. Uh, I would also refer to her as a trisexual. She She'll will, try anything once. <laughs> yes, anything, uh, anything sexual, she will try it. I mean, and she, she has sex on the brain so much. You know, like there's a, a, a later later season where uh, Charlotte is married to Harry, and Harry drinks tea and leaves his tea bags on the counter. And, you know, she's kind of, you know, grossed out by that. She's like, oh, he leaves his teabags. Like, she likes to have a spotless home. Like, never mind the fact that he sits naked on her white furniture and she's worried about skid marks. But she's like, oh, it's, it's, it's the teabags. And Samantha just says, oh, just breathe through your mouth, honey. Or breathe through your nose, honey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she yeah. thought it was a, a teabagging situation, not actual tea bags yeah and it's she's she's phenomenal because she is who she is like even i think her best moment in my opinion her best moment is when she's giving the speech to other cancer survivors and she you know she spends all this time trying to find a good wig and 
eventually she's just like, oh, fuck it. And she pulls the wig off because it's too hot. And oh, she's, and she's sweating all over. Yeah, she's she says, it's bad enough flashes. I've lost my hair. Now I'm sweating all down my couture. My, my, my face is melting all down my couture. And, you know, she just throws her wig into the audience and it, it inspires other other cancer survivors in the audience to do the same. They stand up and they take their wigs off. And it was like she had this whole speech and this whole thing. You know, I'm getting a little emotional even thinking about it because it's just like she had this whole thing. She's like, oh, fuck it. Like, you know, she pulls her wig off. And that was the most powerful statement she could have made because everyone looks at her as this. You know, for lack of a better term, a sex symbol because, like, you know, she's this beautiful woman. She's powerful. And she's just like, oh, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm the same as everyone else in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about her. She's super outspoken and she's brash and she's straightforward and she's very protective of her friends and her loved ones. And, you know, she views the other three three women as that. That's her family. So very little is known about the early years of Samantha Jones. Um there is a prequel series to Sex and the City called The Carrie Diaries, but that's kind of, it's non-canon. Uh, a lot of it, you know. Non-canonical, non-canonical. It, no, it, it really is. So, like, it's cute for what it is, and Samantha Jones is a part of it. Um, but we don't really know, it, it, it doesn't really fit into what we learn in the actual series, like there's some uh, discrepancies between the two. So inconsistencies. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and Samantha Jones isn't in the book. She was a character that was made specifically for the television series. So, you know, we do know that she spent her teenage years selling dilly bars at the Dairy Queen to earn pocket money. She used to... Pocket money? What are you, a street a street urchin from, like, downtown London? Oh, I've been selling the dilly bars and I've ordered some pocket That's money. Dilly bars. Yeah, I'm. I'm not this talking about that. I'm this not talking about said. that. I'm talking about pocket, the pocket money. Pocket money. Like, I mean, she is money. from England. Kim Cattrall is well, from. No, no. England. Kim Cattrall isn't from England. Is she from England? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna talk about Annabelle Bronstein? No, I'm talking about uh, the the actress. Kim Cattrall's from. I did. I didn't know that. Kim Cattrall is was. Born in Liver Mossley Hill, Liverpool, England okay. in 1956. Well, there is the episode where she's trying to get into the Soho house because they have a pool. And it is the hottest summer that New York has seen up until that point. I'm fairly certain they've seen hotter summers, you know, at this point. <laughs> thanks, climate change. Uh, but anyway, she's trying to get into the Soho house because she runs into... Um, Oh, I forget her. Is it, it's either Pene Phoebe, Phoebe or Penelope. I forget, but it's Jerry Hollowell. It's Ginger Spice from Phoebe the Spice Apple. Girls, and she's like Samantha Jones, and they like exchange pleasantries, and you know she's like, oh, I'm just coming back from the pool, and 
Samantha's oh, like, I yeah, I w- if I wasn't running to, you know, a, a, a lunch date, I would absolutely be there now. Toodles. And then she goes and has lunch with the girls. And she's like, there's a pool a couple blocks from my apartment. And I can't get in because it's one of those you need to have a membership and blah, 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 blah. So anyways, she goes to the Soho house because she wants to see exactly what is holding up her membership. And the lady uh, working the desk is like, the pool is so fabulous that we are at capacity every day, you know. And Samantha's like, well, uh, can I use the restroom before I leave? Or is there a waiting list for that? And she's like, oh, it's the room mocked WC. So she goes to the bathroom. Water closet. Yes. So she goes to the bathroom. And as she's leaving, the bathroom attendant hands her a card and says, oh, miss, you know, you you forgot this. And uh, it was Annabelle Bronstein's membership card. And she was like, well, seeing as they don't know who I am, I guess I will be Annabelle Bronstein. And not only steal her identity, just borrow it for a little bit. She didn't use anything. I mean, she paid cash for all of the drinks. But but yes, she was able to attend the pool solo and was able to get her friends in <gasps> briefly for a little bit before she was found out. But uh, the attendant who... Uh, questioned her identity, actually knew Annabelle Bronstein, and he was British, and he was like, I know for a fact that Annabelle Bronstein is a British, and she's so, she's so, she, so Samantha Jones starts talking in a British ass. She's like, as I said, dear sir, it's a really funny episode. You should, you should definitely. Oh, I wasn't even, I didn't even realize that was a quote. Like she, like I was looking up Samantha Jones quotes while we were, while you were telling that story, and She's like, I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. I didn't realize that was an actual quote. Yeah, that's Samantha Jones. Yes, I know. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. She's a a phenomenal, phenomenal character, Um, which is why when, you know, I I brought this up the other day because, you know, Ashes was watching this. And I was like, we should do a Sex in the City episode. Let's talk about the girls from Sex in the City. And she said, no. And I'm like, you don't want to do a Sex in the City episode. She goes, each of these girls is far too fabulous to try and condense all four no, of them it's together. True. And, I'm and I even... said, you're absolutely right. I said that in my interview earlier today on the, on the, the Dorkening Network with Leo. We interviewed some folks, and I said the exact same thing. I said she was absolutely right. Talking about you. About what? About this exact thing. Like we talked about this because it was like it was towards the end of the show, and they're like, "Oh, where do people like to find you?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, this week this is what we'll be discussing, and here's how we got to that point." And I said, "Let's do the show," and you said, "No, we have to do each lady individually because she's far too fabulous." And I said, "You're absolutely correct." And one of the uh, gentlemen that was on the show was just like, "Yes, you have to always listen to your wife." And I said, "Yes." There is a sign hanging in our living room that says "Happy Wife, Happy Life," and I did not put it there. But uh, uh, however, you do abide by those rules. Oh, I'm thinking slightly annoyed wife, mildly amusing life. So, anyways, they don't sell those signs. Getting back to Samantha Jones, so there's a lot to unpack on her. You know, she has six seasons. Two films. You know, I could easily spend the next three to five episodes talking solely about this character, but I won't. I will spare you. I'm only going to take up this one. Uh, I think the easiest way to break up who she is is to talk about her main 
relationships and how she dealt with those relationships. Richard. So, well, we'll get there. That's the one that I know. Oh, that is, um, Mar- Miriam? So, first of all, there's James. James Goodwin. She met him at a jazz bar, and they immediately hit it off. And it was uncharacteristic for Samantha because she didn't sleep with him right away. Now, Samantha loves sex. We know that. And Samantha loves sex as an expression of herself. She enjoys the orgasm. She enjoys the art of obtaining and attaining an orgasm. She believes that sex is meant to be a shared act where both her needs and the needs of her partner are being fulfilled. Whereas a lot of women, you know, just go through the act of sex without their needs being fulfilled. You know, a why lot are you of looking at me when you say no, that? No, I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm engaging in conversation with you. I'm not pointing you out, Hoss. Have at it, Hoss. <laughs> So a, a lot of a lot of women are unsatisfied with their sexual escapades because it's mostly one-sided, you know. And I blame porn for that. You know, a lot of porn that's out there, it's the man being satisfied with very little satis, you know, satisfaction. 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 That's a word. <laughs> that's a Rolling Stone saying about that. You might have uh, you might have heard about it. It's a small small underground. Apparently, band. I can't get it but anyways um with very little satisfaction on on the part of the woman and she thought that was bullshit she engaged in all of these sexual escapades because she liked it if she gave a blowjob it was because she wanted to you know she liked the art of of having that power you know i have your dick in your mouth and i in my mouth not your mouth i have your dick in my mouth and i have you by the balls like she she felt that there was nothing more powerful than that like i am currently you know she liked being in control of your pleasure um so you know it was it was more than just you know i like having sex like she believed it to be an experience shared between the two people now she didn't need you to spend the night she didn't need to have a relationship with you because she had a relationship with herself and she had a relationship with her friends and that's where she wanted to focus most of her energy on right and but occasionally a person crossed her path where she would engage in more of a relationship type of um compatibility trying to think of like a word uh i need to read more god damn it um you know she would she would engage in an actual relationship or or you know relationship like activities with a person she would give them her time you know and see where where it went so the first one we actually see is is james so she met him at a jazz bar and you know they they hit it off they were super compatible uh, she really enjoyed spending time with him. They didn't have sex right away, which, again, is very uncharacteristic of Samantha. You know, She was talking about how this is someone she could see herself marrying. And Samantha didn't want to get married. She didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have children. She didn't want... Um, so she does mention that her when, when she... When her mother was a certain age, she was strapped down with three young kids, meaning that Samantha has two siblings somewhere. You know, she didn't want to be that. She didn't want to be the image that was, you know, 
shown to her the as a young child. children and the white picket fence and whatnot. But it wasn't even that. It was, you know, she saw her mother being miserable with these, you know, trying to... And I don't know if she was a single mother or what have you, but still, you know, th- this mother trying to wrangle three children, she was just like, you know what? That's not the life for me. So she's with James. She's having a great time. They finally have sex. And James comes up a little short. And she, you know what? She really, she you could tell she really likes him because she tries to work with him. She tries to... You know, she breaks out toys. She tries to work in different maneuvers. She tries to, you know, get him to do certain things to, you know, kind of like the, it's not the size of the ship. It's the motion of the ocean. It's It's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. Something like that. Oh, that sounds really fucking lame, but, but something like that. You know, to the point where she starts to become distant because she's not getting that satisfaction that she so desires. And she's putting in all of this effort and receiving no payoff. And he wants to, wants them both to go to couples therapy, which she does not do therapy. That's just, you know, that's not her thing. If you do therapy, that's cool. You know, you do you, but like, that's just, she's just not into that, but she goes and does everything that the therapist says. And as the session's coming to an end, the therapist is like, well, that's the end of this session. We'll just have to meet again next week to blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, absolutely not. Your dick is small. <laughs> like, you know? And that was the end of the relationship. She just couldn't be somebody that she she wasn't. She wasn't willing to compromise that. And you hear that in one of the clips that we're going to play. You know, and and I love that about her so much because a lot of times there are so many women who change who they are for their partner. You know, change who they are just to be in a relationship. And she wasn't that type of person. She wasn't desperate to be in a relationship that she'll be you know whoever you want her to be and just suck it up and deal with it like she wasn't going to do that she wasn't going to sacrifice herself uh so that was the end of james unfortunately and there are times when he was uh brought up he was brought up i think again in one more episode where she mentions that she misses him but um that's neither here nor there at this point so then in season four she has a relationship with a woman named Maria. Maria, the I said Portuguese Miriam. artist from uh, Charlotte's from Gallery. Charlotte's Gallery, yes. And she really tries. You know, she tells Maria point blank, right up front, "I don't do relationships. It's just not my bag. I, I, I just, it's just not me." You know, and and. They try to be friends and Maria's like, you know what? I think you're phenomenal and you are amazing. And I just, I can't be your friend because I want to be in a relationship with you. And one of us is going to get hurt and it's going to be me. And so Samantha's like, well, you know what? I really like you. So let's see where this goes. And Samantha really gives it the good old college try. Like she really does. She stays in the relationship, even when confronted from, you know, with, with ghosts from her past, uh, uh, you know, Aka 
past escapades, you know, men she she slept with who came knocking on her door, literally came knocking on her door. And, you know, I, I think Samantha learned something about herself. I mean, not only did she learn how to please a woman appropriately, because she had done the woman thing as far as threesomes go, but she had never been one-on-one with a woman in a relationship. So it was something new for her. And I think it was good for her. But at the end of the day, like she just, she, Maria said that she was having, you know, Samantha was having intimacy issues and, you know, Samantha really wasn't having intimacy issues. It just, it just wasn't her. It just, you know, they took a lot of baths. They took a lot of baths together because Maria and all Maria wanted to do was just talk, talk about their relationship, talk about their feelings. And, you know, and and I can actually relate to that. Like Samantha's just not a feelings type of person. And and that's okay. You know, there's this whole thing out there uh, where, you know, people believe that women are these emotional, fragile creatures. And and we're all not like that. You know, some of us don't really deal with emotions or, or don't deal with it well to the point where, you know, we just... Not that we don't feel things. It's just we, we deal with it different than than other people. You know, and uh, so unfortunately, you know, that relationship broke off. But she did learn a lot about herself during that. And I think it's it's something that she carried with her into her other relationships. The fact that she could be in a relationship and, you know, the fact that she could care. And that's the thing. You know, some people. And that's in one of our clips, too. Equate sleeping around being promiscuous and I don't even view her as promiscuous you know she just liked sex but somebody you know sometimes they view that as um being scared of commitment well when it's a woman and, yes but like but th- but that that wasn't that wasn't her thing at all she just didn't want a commitment and even when she had it it scared the shit out of her but I mean, you know, who can, re- that's so relatable. Yeah. And, and see the thing with, with Samantha, with like you were saying, you know, earlier about like how she views the way she views sex. Like there was a, uh, there's an episode you were just watching it the other day where she like couldn't get off, just couldn't, couldn't have an it orgasm. Was the episode where Miranda's mom dies. Yes. Yeah, because they were looking and for a dress. And she was briefly dating the wrestling coach. I don't remember. But well, that's what she she was dating the wrestling coach, and she liked it because he brought the mat and everything. So like they were they he taught her some wrestling moves, a little bit, and turned them into sexual moves, and she was able to get off in ways that she had never gotten off before. Well, and it's and it's funny because you know she says it to the girls. She's like, "Oh, I you know I haven't been able to get off," and they're like, "Yeah, you know it happens." She's like, "Not to me, it doesn't." Like, oh, the very idea. Well, no, and she admits that there's a few times where she's had to finish herself off, but like her ultimate goal in every uh, sexual escapade is, I I, w- I want an orgasm. I want to get off. You know. Um, yeah, but and but the whole reason why she lost her orgasm was because she wasn't letting herself feel the emotions that she needed to feel, you know, mourning the loss for her friend and you know, allowing herself to be present in that moment. So sometimes your body tells you things that you it, it, it takes your brain a little longer to catch up. 
Your body reflects like what your brain is going through. Yeah, you know, so she just it's it's almost like you know she she was numb physically and as a result she she couldn't obtain an orgasm. Um so then she dated Richard Wright. Oh, Mr. Wright. And I Dick Wright. Oh, God, I James Ramar. Yes. I love Richard Wright, and I hate him at the same time. He's played by James Ramar, who is just mm, very han- a very handsome older gentleman. And I thought if she was going to be with anybody, it was him. Because they were very similar. And then almost he two. He he picked similar. her up. He picked her up by saying he was going to shove a bat up her ass and turn her into a popsicle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might be uh, mixing references, but you know that seems like a thing that Samantha would try. But Samantha really allowed herself to let her guard d- after putting that wall up and trying to like brick layer it shut. You know she let him remove that wall, and he hurt her. And that was something that took her a while to get over. She also doesn't do relationships well. So Richard Wright was the first person who really got her in a relationship. Like they were. And she said the L word. She said the L word. Granted, she was high on E at the time, but still it was something that she felt. Um, You know, she decided to give monogamy a try with him. Like, she felt like she wanted to be monogamous, which is something that's weird for her. You know, it's it's not something that she usually feels. Like, she wanted to be with him and only him. And unfortunately, he didn't reciprocate that. And I kind of hate him for that because he lured her into this false sense of security you know, she didn't want to, like, she was like, you know what, we're just work. And because she was working for him, she was doing PR for his hotel. And, you know, she's like, we're working sex, nothing more. But he sets up all of these fantastic, just really sweet and romantic and thoughtful dates and, you know, kind of chips away at her, works, you know, works her to the point where she just gives into it. But she wants that monogamy, and and then they try that, but he can't stay monogamous to her. Yeah, he can't stay faithful, and and he's like, "What? It's just sex." And and you know, her wanting monogamy turns her into this person who she doesn't even recognize. You know, it's kind of hard to watch because she's kind of frantic and all over the place, and it's because she doesn't know how to process those emotions. Yeah, it really. I, I think. It's almost like she's feeling it for the first time. It screwed up her character for so many you for know, a few episodes. episodes. Yeah, for a few episodes. But ultimately, she catches him cheating on her, and th- she breaks up with him. He eventually, you know, through a lot of, of you know, persuading, wins her back. But she realizes she can't trust him. And she thinks that there's always somebody else. And she realizes there's always going to be somebody else. And she can't live like that. She can't, you know, continue in this relationship with somebody while looking over her shoulder or his shoulder right. every moment. She can't pass a woman, you know, and, and think, you know, is he staring at her? Is he looking at her? Is he going to fuck her? You know, like, is is he fucking someone else? Is he lying to me? And I think that was the big thing. It was the lying. 
you know, the the misplace of trust. Yeah, trust is something that it takes a long, long time to build up, but like shattered and like that. She breaks it off with him saying one of the best lines she's ever said. And and Samantha is known for her quotes. Uh, she has some of the best lines of the TV series. But this line just really takes the cake for me. It's uh, when she puts the ring and the ring that he gave her, the I will promise not to cheat ring. It wasn't. A, it was a diamond ring, but it wasn't that kind of diamond ring. And the pearl thong <laughs> that he gave her because, you know, they like to have fun. And uh, put those on the table and said, I love you, but I love me more. Yeah, that's, that's the line I always associate. And I just love that line so much because, like I said, oftentimes, so many times you hear stories of women compromising their morals, you know, and, and themselves for their relationships and she wasn't going to do that. She realized that she was worth more than that and she knows how much she's worth. And, you know, I just, I, I, I loved that so much because so many women out there, I think that relationships and marriage are end game. And she didn't think that way. She absolutely did not think that way. So, you know, she wasn't about to lose herself in a relationship that, you know, at the end of the day, yes, she loved Richard Wright, but he didn't mean as much to her as she means to her, if that makes any sense at all. No, I totally get what you're saying. So the last relationship is with Smith Jared, also known as Jerry Jared, but uh, we'll get into that. Um, oh so my God, she, she went to Jared? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she meets him. He's 28. At this point, she is in her mid-40s, and it doesn't bother her. And side note, one of the things I love about Samantha's character evolution is the fact that she goes from lying about her age to completely accepting her age to completely owning her age in the films. She does lie about her age. At one point she says she's 140. Well, she she does. Uh, but she also like she tells Richard Wright she's 37. Uh, that's a that's a lie. Yeah, but she's you know what? Cute. She could pass for 37. Well, I mean at that point, yes. Yeah. I mean, she still looks good. She just did for like a a yogurt commercial or something. I just shouldn't a say that. That's ago. horrible for me to say. Not for like she still looks good. Period. Not for her age. That was horrible of me to say. Um, yeah, no, she still looks good. Period. I feel like she will always look good. Well, that's one of those. Like, what's one of those terms that we like need to get out of our lexicon? Because well, that's I think what I'm trying to do better. Like I, I hate it. I hate ageism. I, I think it's a fucking stupid thing. Well, it's not and just that. I think people now are are aging differently than they did. Like we have a lot of friends who are late forties, hitting their fifties, and it's like I'm looking at them like they're in their thirties. But I mean, I, I just... I mean, like, I, I'm about to turn 40 next year, and I have the body of a Galapagos turtle, tortoise. Oh, He's like 170. Oh, did you know Charles Darwin? I did. Did he do experiments on you? No, but it was my friends, and I told him he should... Uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to call my 
my ship is the bagel, and I drew an E on it, so he had to call it the Beagle, and it's an inside joke because he didn't like Beagles at all, which is weird, mm. but like it's an inside joke between me and Chuck. That's what I called him. So, so anyways, yeah. So that's one of the things I love about her character is the fact that she, she goes from, like I said, she's lying about her age in the first few seasons to by the end of the sixth season, she owns up to, she says exactly how old she's like, you know, I'm, they were all, they were at brunch or lunch. One of the two, they were eating, there was drinks involved. Uh, she's wearing glasses and the ladies are teasing her about now having to wear glasses. And she's like, I don't care. I'm 45. I have a hot younger man. Like, I don't care. I don't there's care. A, there's a quote that she has where she's like, I'm like something like I'm 50 fucking two and I will wear whatever dress I want because I'm fucking fabulous. That is in the second film. So in the first film, she celebrates her 50th birthday. And that's how they end the film. And I think that's just such a great way to end because, you know, and, and, and they, they toast to her and Carrie Bradshaw says, cheers to the next 50. And they say all this, say the next 50. And it's just, oh, it's so fantastic. But anyways, I digress. Um, to in the second film, yeah, she's going to the premiere of Smith Jared's film. And she is dress shopping for uh, an ensemble for the premiere. And the lady working the, the floor of this uh, establishment says, don't you think that's a little too young for you? And she says, I'm 50 fucking two and I will rock that dress. And she did, even though Miley Cyrus was wearing the same thing. Kim Cattrall looked better. But anyway, I'd take Kim Cattrall over Miley Cyrus. I mean, at this in Canada, point, in Canada, she's called Kilometry Cyrus. <laughs> Anyways, Smith Jerry. Shout out Jerry Canada Jerry. Day, by the way, so I'm gonna kind of just give you the Spark Notes version of this. I think this is the relationship that meant the most to her, and it obviously didn't last. He did but it give lasted, her the best head of her life. It did, but it. Uh, it it was the relationship that she had through a an interesting patch of her life and brought her to the point where she is today. She's very, she's still f amicable with him. She's still friendly and she's very grateful to him. Like, so it's not one of those um, love stories don't have to continue forever. Love stories don't have to end in happily ever after. You know, love stories don't have to end with two people being together, riding off into the sunset. Sometimes a good love story is just two people being together until they're not. For whatever reason that is. And that's what this is. This is a love story of two people being together, getting each other through times until they just weren't, not that they outgrew each other, but they just came to, to two completely different places and they could have suffered and stayed together but it would have kind of it, it would have muddled what they had yeah no I, I I agree because I think that you know despite their their love for each other I think at some point you know the age disparity is going to catch up with them I don't even I think it's the age disparity. It's the fact that they were at two completely different places. Well, I mean, in their like life. she'll be in the, her seventies while he's in his forties. Like that's a big difference. 
But I mean, it, it not really. It all depends on where you're at in your life and what you want and what your goals are. So Samantha starts dating Jerry Jared. He's an aspiring actor. He, she meets him at Raw, which is a, a raw food oh. restaurant. No, part of the raw food movement that happened in like the early 2000s, you know, where like nobody ate anything that was cooked over, I think, 160 degrees or something and Everyone like that. died of salmonella. Yeah. End. Well, I mean, like it wasn't, you know, no, no meat or anything. Everything was vegan, non-dairy, you know. But, but anyway, so he's working at a waiter. She patronizes this this restaurant. She decides, I want that waiter. So she gets the waiter and realizes that he's an aspiring actor. She goes to see this play that he's in, the play that he drops full trout. I was gonna in. say he dangles his dongle. Yes, that he does. Unfortunately, you do not see that, but you do get to see a nice close-up of his bum. Um, but anyways, uh, she goes and she doesn't pay any attention to it. She's like, oh, they're not even talking about the best part. You know, the fact that we get to see you full frontal. Hello. And uh, he's like, no, you didn't. You didn't hear my monologue. You didn't hear it. So she sets up this whole thing. Red carpet event because she's PR, you know, and uh, gets her friends to go packed house to, for everyone to see Smith Jared, still Jerry Jared at the time uh, in this harvest play that he's in and come to find out he's a really good actor like he's he's got some he's got some chops like there there's mm. uh, a lot of potential there and she sees that potential and she asks him she says is this is is this what you really want to do and he's like well yeah i i had to Either quit my this or be a waiter well, no, he quit his waiting job. I know, but I was because he couldn't get the time off to be in the play, and he decided that the play was more important. Uh, granted, the play wasn't paying him much, but you know, she says, "Okay, well, uh, if this is what you want to do, I'm going to help you be a star," and and she does. And one of the things she ultimately loves about Smith Jared is the fact that he doesn't shy away from her help. He views her as a powerful woman, but he's not intimidated by her. He's not uh, threatened by her. He's not emasculated by her. He just wants to be with her. He really loves her. Yeah, as evidenced by when she has cancer. And this is one of my favorite scenes with her, by the way. Yeah, so this is after she's the whole boob job thing. Uh, they find the lump. She finds out it's, it's cancer. She's going through, you know, she had surgery. She's going through chemo, she's losing her hair, and she's having a really difficult time dealing with it. Not because she's a vain person, but I think that it's only natural, it's only normal to have those feelings and reservations going through something like that. Yeah, and she, you know, he comes home to her and she is like losing her hair and she's like trying to buzz her hair off. And she's like, you know, I understand if you want to leave and this and that. And he's like, shut up for a second. And he buzzes his long, luxurious Jonathan Brandis-esque hair off. She's mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, your hair is who you are. What are you doing? Stop. And he's like, shut up. When I'm done, you're next. And he buzzes his hair all off and then buzzes her hair all. They have matching, like, buzz cuts. And that's the line where, where Carrie said, you know, he gave her the best head of, of her life. Mm -hmm. And, like, they go to the premiere, the red carpet premiere of his film. 
both of them, their hair buzzed. Well, she's wearing a wig. Yeah, but like they have buzzed, you know, he's got the buzz cut. He's sporting, yeah, he's sporting his buzz cut. It's like a three on the clippers. You know, premiere, and he was so supportive of her, you know, in a time when she didn't even realize she needed that kind of support, which is ultimately why she, you know, once his career took off, she became his full-time manager and moved from New York to L.A. with him. So she left her life, she left her friends, she left her business, everything. You know, I mean, granted, she started a new business in in L.A., but she was already established in New York. Everything she had worked hard for in New York, she left. Which is totally out of character for her. Right. Um, And that's something that people kind of had a difficult time with. They thought it was very uncharacteristic of her to stay with him through the whole cancer thing. But, I mean, I get it because of how, like... He was really supportive. And then there was the whole, you know, chemo takes a lot away from you. So not only does it, you know, take your hair, but it can take your libido. And it did. Samantha had no sex drive at all. And Smith was nothing but supportive and understanding. It's the plant thing. All right. Yeah. Tell that story. When he sent her, so he was on location shooting. And she told him to keep fucking people. Just fuck somebody. Yeah. So so she's like, I know how much, you know, I know how important sex is just as much as the next person. I know what we have. It's just sex. You go and you do what you need to do. And. He refused. He didn't. He actually sent her a plant, a plant that would flower eventually. It was like flower in the spring or something like that. Yeah, saying that, you know, just because there's snow on the ground, there's still, you know, flowers in the spring or, or something along those. It was really sweet and, and poetic. And, you know, she realized that this, this guy is really here for me. You know, and I think yeah. that's why she moved to L.A. to be with him. And it was working at first. That's why I don't think it's totally out of character for her. Because, like, he was there, like, every opportunity that she gave him to be, like... Well, she even cheated on him with Richard Wright in Richard Wright's hotel at the top 30 under under 30 party that he was invited mm-hmm. to. And the only reason she went was because it was hosted by Richard Wright. And she, yeah, she went and there And he with, waited like, for her. Because he just wanted to make sure that she got home safe. Yeah, like no like, matter what. He knew what. she was upstairs screwing that guy. But he cared about her so much that he didn't care about that. He just wanted to make sure she got home right, safe. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like she did everything she could to try and drive him away. And he's like, no, like, you're my lady. So eventually, now this is in the first film. The first film was. Four years after... Oh, two? The... Or oh, eight. Oh, eight. Um, four years after the, the series ended, she's still with Smith Jared. This is when we find out they're in LA. She's helping with his career. She's managing him. And you slowly see things start to fall apart. And she's really trying. She covers herself with homemade sushi. That's how hard she's trying. Yeah, that was actually pretty sexy. You know, but like... And he got home like way late. Yeah, he got home late. He he called once, but he it, it was brief about it. He didn't really give a time. There was a lot... Th- th- that's when they started to become off. And 
Samantha was doing a lot of compromising, a lot of compromising. Mm. And it wasn't shared anymore. It was one-sided. And she realized that she had given up a lot of herself because she was flying back and forth from L.A. to New York to be with the girls and to do stuff with them, you know, because they're her family, you know, trying to be there for them and, and, and their families, which are ultimately, you know, her extended family. Um and and it just it just wasn't working and she was trying so hard to the point where she took up eating because they weren't having sex and she was trying really hard not to she didn't want to cheat on him because she cared about him too much so she gained 15 pounds she got a dog because she you know she was just trying to you know fill this void that she had a dog gained 15 he, pounds you know that 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 he wasn't fulfilling he wasn't anymore. filling her void. Both both literally and, and figuratively. Yeah, and figuratively. <laughs> and she ends up breaking up with him. She breaks it off. And she says the same thing that she said to Richard Wright, to Smith Jared. But she says it in such a different way. She says, um, hold on. I actually have the quote here. I'm looking for it. La, 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 talking about stuff, doing stuff. God damn it, where did it go? I made sure I had it on here. Oh, yes, here we go. She says, I'm just going to say the thing you're not supposed to say. I love you, but I love me more. And I've been in a relationship with myself for 49 years, and that's the one I need to work on. You're going to find a wonderful woman who loves being in a relationship. And then when Smith asks her what she'll find... Uh, she says, I don't know, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. And I just love that. The fact that she was able to recognize the problem and realize that I'm unhappy and no amount of happiness in this relationship right now is going to make me personally happy. Right. I need to go off and find my happiness again. Yes. And I think that that's such a sweet, and she does it in such a sweet way, you know, and in a mature way. Because there's still know. a lot of love there. Oh, yeah. And, and there is, you know, in the second film, you know, he calls her up because he wants her to be his date to this big premiere for, you know, his first like feature film. You know, he, he wants her there because she's the one who made him a star. She's the one who believed in him when nobody else did. Like, she believed in him when there were times, you know, when he didn't even believe in him in, in himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a... You can, you can love someone and not, you know... There can still be love there not being together. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. In a right. not so eloquent it way. It doesn't have to be necessarily romantic love, but there's right. still Right. And there's there's a mutual there. respect there. Yeah. And she just didn't want that relationship to get to the point where they hated each other. Because how often do you see that? Where people try and it's almost like beating a dead horse, you know? It's it's just like you just call it. Just call it like yeah. you, you can't, you know, and, and, and at that point, both parties are so bitter, you know, you've lost friends, you've stopped talking to family, like to the point where you hate this person that you've spent all of this time with a significant portion of your life. Yeah. You know, so 
And then in the second film, we go into uh, Samantha's... Um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Samantha's... Um, like, menopause? Well, I was think, trying to think of a fun word. Like Samantha's journey through menopause. Something like that, but funner. Um, Dropping the menopause ring into Mount Doom? I don't know. <laughs> No, that that's not what I was gonna say. I don't know, but, but anyways, trying to be you know, whimsical about it. Oh, sorry, Bobby. You know, I just kicked it's the cat. Her dealing with with menopause and dealing with you know everything that comes with that, and trying not to lose herself in the process of of going through this life change. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, she she goes through, like, all these drastic changes. I mean, she starts the series. She's obviously the the older one of the group, but she never brings to the table a matriarchal, um, a matriarchal, like, uh, uh, like, personality. She's like, not the mom of the group. She's more like an older sister. She's like that cool aunt. No, uh, I uh, older sister. Like she's because your aunt's not going to be all that. But you don't even have that. to. Like she doesn't even have to be that. Like she's just you know. Well, because she does give advice. She does give life advice for certain things, and you know she does t- you know help provide the girls with confidence because they're going through something that she's already gone through. Like the whole uh, like you were mentioning earlier, the whole abortion thing, where Carrie's like, "Oh, do I tell you know uh, Aiden? Uh, Aiden, yes. I couldn't think of it. I was going to call him Cole." Uh, do I tell Aiden about the fact that I had an abortion? Because like all, there was a lot of abortion talk going on because that was around the time that Miranda was considering aborting her youngin. Mm-hmm. And you know, Samantha gives her the advice. She's like, "That's you know, it's totally your call, but like, it's none of his business. Like, it doesn't matter." And you know, she's like, "I've done it. You know, whatever. Like, it's you know, it is what it is. But you know, that's your call. Like, you know, they would." go to her for advice well, if but they she wanted was never honesty, like a mom if they wanted an honest opinion they went to Samantha because yes. she wasn't going to sit there and sugarcoat it for anyone no it's like the quote we played earlier it's like oh i got to tell you about this guy's dick and you know charlotte's like oh there's kids at the table she's like that's not my fucking problem like fuck them that's their deal that's not my deal um so to kind of wrap things up a bit one of the things I love about this character, and I love it so much, is the fact that she showed that it's okay to not want kids. It's okay to not be maternal. It's okay to... There's an episode where they go to a baby shower, and that is the last place that they want to be. They go there because they feel obligated to be there. And, you know, Samantha shows up wearing a crop top and she brought a bottle of because she said, said the the invitation said BYOB and apparently it was supposed to be cute it was like bring your own baby but she thought it was be bring your own booze yeah. so that's what she did and doesn't and like, she I just later fucking love that so much. doesn't she later have an I don't have a baby shower yes I don't have a baby everybody drink yeah a, a party to celebrate how fabulous she is yeah yes and I don't have a baby shower yeah you know it, it, you don't have to have kids like you don't have to get married you don't have to be in a relationship you don't have to do any of these you know 
things, these female stereotypes that are, you know, stereotypical gotten, societal norms. Right. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's not as bad as it used to be, but like, you know, these things that are beaten into you at a young age, you know, you must have babies, you know, that's why you have a womb, you must procreate, you must want to get married, you must want the white picket fence and the house and the two and a half kids and a dog and blah, 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 blah. You know, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Do whatever makes you happy. Figure out what works best for you and and just do it, you know? And that's what I love about this character. She taught me that it's okay. Like, I don't have to feel comfortable in certain situations. You know, I'm not the best with kids. I'm not comfortable around young children. After a certain point, okay, it's not too bad. But young children, like, I feel awkward sometimes having, you know, trying to have conversations with my niece. Because it's like, oh, I don't know what to talk to you about. So, how's like, work been? You know, I'm six. Like, how are your stickers? Like, I don't know. I, 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 that's, that's. How diverse is your stock portfolio? Call me when you want me to buy you beer. You know? <laughs> like, Not I, I till you're nine. Double digits, double digits, double. We'll, we'll draw the line there. But like, you know, it's okay. Like, you don't have to fit into this mold that society has, you know, predestined you to fit into like you don't have to you can make your own rules for your own life yeah be who you want to be have confidence in who you are i know that's not easy for everybody but you know take it one step at a time like you know it's you know again it comes back to rupaul you know love who you are love yourself before you can love somebody else well, the last line in the series is Carrie saying, if you find someone who loves, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, you know, if pretty much if you find someone self who loves the you that you love, well, that's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. And it's but true. Like, ultimately, you know, you need to love yourself. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about Samantha's fabulous wardrobe or, you know, she's a very colorful character. And before we go, fun fact, Kim Cattrall insisted on wearing heels even when being shot from the waist up. You know, times when she didn't have to wear heels, you didn't have to wear shoes at all uh, because it made her feel like Samantha. And that makes a lot of sense because I feel like Samantha would wear heels in pretty much every situation. It just gave her, you know, I know for me, the reason why I wear heels is because it gives me, I mean, A, I'm 5'3", so it gives me a little extra height so uh, I can reach things, which is pretty nice. But there's, there's a, it, it makes me stand tall. It fixes my posture. It makes me feel more confident. I'm very confident where I'm, when I'm wearing a pair of heels. So, anyways. With that being said... I think we'll take another quick break. We'll play some more Samantha quotes. we come back, we'll wrap up this episode. We've got some battle results. Oh, yeah. Science and wine this episode, too. So stay tuned. Greetings. We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. 
tasty news, unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia, butt breathers, uncomfortable nature facts, or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidocubus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. Hey, what's up? I'm Amy Stolte. And this is James Thomas. We are from Battle Star Wars. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Take this, ladies! I'm like 35. Oh, shut the fuck up. I'm 140. <laughs> Miranda has a son. What the world needs, another man. Oh, honey, relax. I have those in my mouth all the time. Oh my god! Vagina weights! Honey, my vagina weights for no man. Can I help you? Yes. I'd like to return this vibrator. We don't sell vibrators. Yes, you do. I bought it here six months ago. That's not a vibrator, it's a neck massager. No, it's a vibrator. Sharper Image doesn't sell vibrators. It's a neck massager. You expect me to believe that women buy these to help their sore necks? It's a neck massager. Fine. I'd like to return this neck massager. What's wrong with it? It failed to get me off. It has a warranty and it just stopped. Made the saddest little sound. Perhaps you wore it out. Well, honey, it wouldn't be the first one. Fine. Just... Find another and go to the cashier. Your parents named you Jerry Jerry? No wonder you drank. This is Richard. You have 30 seconds. I've been thinking, our pathetic relationship is as close to marriage as either one of us ever hopes to get. So I feel I deserve some sort of settlement. Like, say, a weekend at your house in the Hamptons? You're not invited. I'll be having a party. You're not invited to that either. Oh, it's Samantha. Call me. I've never been able to be friends with any man. Why would I? Women are for friendships. Men are for fucking. Honey, you've got to learn to form an opinion. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed those uh, Samantha Jones quotes. Um, We try to split them up pretty evenly between uh, the first break and the second break. Uh, And... You know, now that you have the uh, the middle segment that we did to kind of give you context for each one, uh, I hope you enjoy them a little more. If you uh, have never watched the show, I highly suggest watching the show. Uh, it's very well done, well acted, well written. Um, you know, very, you know, I mean, there's a whole series of episodes with fucking Nathan Lane in them. Like, Well, I mean, he's just in one. Oh, I thought there was like, you know, two or three. Two. Nope, just one, just one. All right, so I mean, Nathan Lane shows up. Mr. As a guest Broadway star. has to tinkle. Like it's it's phenomenal, and like the relationship that Carrie has with her friend was it Stid Stidman Stedman Stanford Stanford. Listen, like it's late. It's eleven thirty, and I've been up since 
5.30 this morning. Uh, this has been a weird week. Uh, there's some stuff that you guys are going to get to see um, on our... Uh, between uh, the shows and you know various articles that are being posted. So Sunday, I interviewed Jeremy Joseph Arruda and posted that article. If you have not seen Strawberry Lane, which you've heard us talk about numerous times... Go to it came from the 508.com. Buy Strawberry Lane on Blu-ray for $10. It's so worth it. Um, if you're one of those people that is really like, oh, nothing bothers me. I can get through everything. Uh, we've been to two screenings, and at both screenings, people walked out because they couldn't handle it. It's brilliant. It is so well done. It's amazing. Plus, his art, his art is, is fucking great. I want to buy some, so I need to get in touch with him because yeah, that I, whole I Hellraiser series his art. Uh, yeah, and we included some of the art. Like he sent over the art that he wanted included in the uh, in the article. But if you go to throw it on Thursday you'll find that article. Uh, you're going to be finding more articles. Uh, I did a review of a movie called Driven because uh, I've been working with uh, Leo over on the dorkening side of things. To uh, We've been doing a podcast called um, Indie Creator Spotlight because you know how I feel about independent creators and independent artists and movies and everything like that. We've got like five or six episodes in the can already. Uh, they were supposed to come out earlier, but like there's some uh, hosting scheduling issues you know, where everybody was trying to get on the same page, and uh, we finally were able to do that. And um, over at womeninhorror.net, I just posted an article on uh, The Last of Us 2. Uh, it, is, it is a spoiler-free episode because it's only uh, I mean, uh, article because that game, by the time you hear this, it hasn't been out for two weeks yet. And I don't want to ruin it for everyone because I thought it was amazing. Um, there's also going to be an article uh, of me interviewing Kevin Van Hentenrick from uh, Basket Case 1 through 3. Uh, we talk a little bit about Basket Case, but mostly about his amazing uh, stone cutting and uh, stone carving, I should say. And woodworking and, like, you know, the stuff that kind of influenced him throughout his career, which is, it's a really great conversation. And uh, that article will be up there, too. There's going to be a couple of movie reviews up for a couple of the uh, independent films that Leo and I have covered. Uh, I have an interview with uh, Paulina Laurent, uh, or Paulina Nguyen, um, coming up. Uh, Paulina, you will know her from... uh, Triassic World and Megalodon. I can't wait to talk to her again. That's going to be awesome. And there's just a lot of stuff. Uh, We have a a good amount of uh, planned episodes coming up for you in the future. And uh, hopefully some good guests as well. Because we're uh, we're scheming. We're scheming. Like... uh, We're going skiing? Yes. I'm going skiing! (laughs) <laughs> if you've seen American Dad, you get that reference, and it will never not make me laugh. Um, but yeah, but before we do that, we have... What do you want to do first? What do you so we do? have battle results Let's do battle from last results. week. So we threw down... I don't even think this was close, was it? It was not, no. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't as... Um, 
so it wasn't a runaway. We'll put it that way. It wasn't a runaway. It seemed fairly one-sided but, when I but voted. It was, well, it, it, it is. But I thought one person was going to get all of the votes, and she did not. She only got most of the votes. She only got, like, yeah. So anyways, we threw down Long May She Reign, which infamous matriarch of mayhem was the most diabolical. And you could choose from Countess Elizabeth Bathory, which was the who who was the star of last week's episode, featuring Jeremy Saffer. I was going to say Jeremy was the star of last week's. Well, show. I mean, he was, but you Jeremy's know. the star of any show he's on. Uh, Queen Cersei Lannister, Madame Delphine Lalory, or the Evil Queen from Snow White, and you guys. We all chose the same thing, pretty much. Uh, Countess Elizabeth Bathory. I mean, she is in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most notorious... Uh, God, I forgot. Most notorious <laughs> what are they called? Serial killers. Serial killers. That's what they're called. You know, oh, at my one goodness. Point, at one point, my dick, was in the, my dick was in the Guinness Book of World Records. As the and, the people, and the people at the library were very upset. Come on, that's funny. And we've gone blue. We we got we've gone <laughs> blue. We've spent the last hour and a half talking about <laughs> Samantha Jones. Oh my god! But I mean, like, I feel like the moment you start with dick jokes, the the the. So like know. earlier on, when I talked about the googly-eyed French accent, you dick. know, we can de- <laughs> we, we know we know where all the class is in this relationship. Ugh. High class and no class. That is true. That's I've how we travel. First class and no class. I, uh, I have enough class for the both Careful of us. with that joke. It's an antique. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we also have some science and some wine. We do. I'll do, I'll, I'll do science real quick because okay. this isn't anything specific, but it is a really cool thing. So... Um, NASA and SpaceX, which is uh, Elon Musk's uh, rocket tree program, uh, recently was, you know, after a slight delay, was able to send a couple people up into space. There were a lot of candidates for this, um, for for these, you know, these positions, these astronaut positions. And uh, I think the most difficult thing, uh, more difficult than narrowing it down to you know, just a, a, a small select, you know, uh, handful of astronauts between, like, the actual astronauts and then, of course, the alternates in case one of them is unable to fulfill their duties, much the way they do uh, a miscongeniality in, uh, in uh, like, beauty pageants, um, you know, in case they're not able to fulfill their duties. That's not what miscongeniality is. Yeah, but she's okay. like second place. No, it's Sandra it's, Bullock. It's, it's the runner-up. Yeah, second place. But that's not what miscongeniality yeah, is. Yeah, she's the one who becomes the champion. Should the champion? I watched that Simpsons episode, Lisa the Beauty Queen. But that's and not Amber Dempsey got hit by lightning, and as she was unable to fulfill her duties, Lisa as miscongeniality stepped in and became uh, the winner of the beauty pageant by default. Although, don't feel bad because Amber Dempsey won Little Miss Intensive Care. Um, but yeah, we uh, we are... Uh, 
talking about the uh, space program. So as difficult as it was trying to find a handful of astronauts who wanted to go up there uh, into the uh, International Space Station and, uh, you know, stay there for the predetermined amount of time, which I forget how long that is, I think the more difficult decision is uh, how they're going to get them back because I don't think anyone's going to want to come back. But that's just me. So uh, what do you got for uh, wine? So... I actually don't have a... There's no H in <laughs> wine, you asshole. Yes, there is. Not in that kind of wine. Mm, agree to disagree. Not in the beverage wine. I can make you wine. Uh, y- give me one wine, please. So, keeping with the trend, the theme for today, I'm not actually talking about a wine. I am, however, talking about something that you can buy in a bottle and that you can consume and that has alcohol in it. Oh, I was going to say a ship because you can get a ship in a bottle. But So the ladies of Sex and the City are famous for sipping on Cosmopolitans. I mean, they're famous for sipping on cocktails, period. But their cocktail of choice most often is a Cosmopolitan. And I don't know about you, but... I have been missing mixed drinks so much. So I don't... I'm, I'm a wine drinker at home. I mean, I'm a wine drinker when I go out, too. I just really like wine, you guys. But um, when I what? go out, I like to have a cocktail. I love margaritas. I love martinis. Um, but it's something that I don't make at home. Not because I'm not good at it. I just... It's just one of those things where I like to go out and have a drink. Although, like to, to be fair, it, if someone's going to make a drink around here, it's me. Well, I'm, yeah, but the the monstrosities that you make are not actual cocktails. Which are it's, delicious and get you hammered. Yes, yes. I mean, they are good, but I don't need something that has, like, a handle of vodka and chocolate chip ice cream, you know? like. If you follow me for more recipes... <laughs> But anyways, um, so I found, you know, missing uh, my mixed drinks. I just like to go out. I like to have somebody whose job it is, who knows the science of mixing drinks, mixing cocktails, to mix me a drink. It's just one of those things that I like to do. You know, I can drink wine at home. I like to go out for my cocktails. But anyways, I've really been missing mixed drinks. You know, not being able to go out, not being able to, you know, socialize and and have cocktails the way I normally do. I was looking for something that would kind of satisfy that craving. And I did. And it's actually pretty good. So there's this company called Skinny Girl. Now, you don't need to be a girl to drink it. You can be whoever, whatever. Or skinny, because I had some. (laughs) But uh, it's this company called Skinny Girl. They make low-calorie drinks. So they have these, like, bottled mixed drinks. They do their own wines. They have a way of cutting the calories and making things a little more, you know, I'm going to say diet-friendly, for lack of a better word. But anyways, I found this bottle of Skinny Girl. It is a white cranberry Cosmo. And it was pretty good. So it's made with vodka and triple sec and white cranberry juice, which is, you know, pretty much 
what a, a cosmopolitan anyway is. Cosmopolitan is uh, cranberry juice with triple sec um, vodka and a twist of lime. So really delicious. But anyways, the bottle says a cosmopolitan is the most fun, flirty, and sexy cocktail you can drink. We created the Skinny Girl White Cranberry Cosmo to give you a more elegant twist on a classic without the guilt. Finally, a pretty, flirty, clear cocktail that won't stain your carpet or couch. Let's be clear. Okay, so the back sucks. Like, I didn't buy it for what was written on the back. I said, hey, it's a cosmopolitan in a bottle. I don't have to mix anything. I don't have to buy anything else except for this bottle, which cost me $10. And you know what? It was pretty fucking good. It's not the best cosmopolitan I've had, but you know what? It satisfied that urge to have a mixed drink without the effort of going through and buying all of the ingredients to make a mixed drink. So it's Skinny Girl White Cranberry Cosmo. It's good. It was. Good I, I liked it. I mean, obviously served it, you know, serve it chilled. Um, I have these really fun martini glasses. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's something a little different and it's, you know, kind of, kind of satisfied that, that craving for just something non-wine. Cause occasionally I do like to branch out and drink other things. Yeah. It was good stuff. Like I liked it. I can um, tell you liked it. Yeah. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. You guys, I, uh, you and I drank half the bottle tonight. You drank the other half yesterday. I'm also not a lightweight. I'm not a lightweight. I had a good time. And also, to be fair, in addition to the half a bottle of that, we also split a bottle of pink Moscato. Yes. So, just saying. And, like, we kind of pounded both of them about 15 minutes before we recorded. So I was a little more obnoxious at the beginning because I was starting to feel a little bit of effects of the juice that I drank because the, the Carlo Rossi pink Moscato is not exactly, you know, my Game of Thrones whiskey that I will occasionally drink. But that's what uh, that's what we did today because it's been a long day and I really wanted to make sure I would sleep. So I have a little bit of booze. It's been a long week. Up. It's not over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thankfully we just have uh, Thursday to get through because we are both off on Friday. So we have the long weekend. It's 4th of July. Uh, and the beaches will be open. So speaking of what's coming up, what's coming up? Well, you know, you and I discussed a few things. Um, you know, we don't have an exact uh, timeline for them, but we will, uh, tom- uh, when you're listening to this, tomorrow, July 3rd, Hamilton drops on Disney Plus, so we will uh, be uh, delving into Alexander Hamilton as uh, one of our historical figures. And you know, obviously, uh, if you are interested, send us some feedback about that. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, comments uh, about either Lin Manuel Miranda's uh, performance or anybody else that happens to be in the show, David Diggs. <sighs> Or uh, so Alexander Hamilton, or if you want to send us ten dollars, uh, you can do that as well because Alexander Hamilton is on the ten dollar bill. We are also in the process. Well, I should say I'm in the process of finishing up the HBO series of Watchmen, so you can expect an episode on that in the future, as well as the movie and comic book series. 
Right, because we watched. Uh, you hadn't seen it, and I had just finished watching The Watchmen. So when they ask in the thing, who watches The Watchmen, it was me. Um, and I picked up the movie just so you could watch it, so you would have some frame of reference for the TV show. Um, well, that and you, like, also wanted to own the movie. Yeah, it's really... I got the, the don't, don't, don't blame me. I'm not blaming you. Don't I'm crediting that on you. me. I'm crediting you. Because I got it because of you. I got the triple pack. It's uh, V for Vendetta, Watchmen, and uh, Constantine. Uh, we also will be doing a, another couple of firsts for Ashes. It's my first time. Uh, and one of the movies we've been discussing is one of my favorites. And I'm sure out there in TV land or radio land, whatever uh, you happen to be doing, um, the Blues Brothers. Um, the, we have the Blues Brothers. Um, Down Periscope is another one that I was thinking of. Starship Troopers. The Hobbits is. Uh, yes, I need to watch the Hobbits film. So the original Hobbit, uh, not the original. But Were we the, talking about something else? Oh, was it Police Academy? It might have been Police Academy we talked about, but I... I haven't seen those either, so... There's like six or seven of those, so you'd have to wait a little while to get to all those. But I know there's four... Um, there were four uh, Starship Troopers, but we're only going to concentrate on the first one, you know, the one that uh, based on the book by Robert A. Heinlein. We're also going to be, at some point, discussing basket case we're going to be discussing the bradley boys with kevin van hentenrick which is going to be pretty awesome because uh he was the star so a lot of fun stuff coming your way in the weeks to come so i guess uh yeah we We will will see you next thursday. thursday